A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. Was well, he talking about money? No, he's talking about a godly heritage. Hello, and welcome to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan, and is led by Pastor Daniel White. Pastor White has been serving as the senior pastor since its founding in 1998. We hope the message today will be a help and encouragement as you seek to become more like Jesus Christ in your everyday life. This and many other messages by Pastor White can be downloaded for free. Just visit our website at www. FBCClarkLake.org or visit us on iTunes where our weekly podcasts can be downloaded for free. Now let us take our Bibles and join Pastor White as he continues to teach us God's truths today. Praise God, the great I Am still lives. Take your Bible with me and turn to the words of that great I Am in Deuteronomy chapter 6. Last week we preached on building a strong life and how important it is for all of us to be strong Christians. And today we're going to be looking at building a strong family. Next week we'll talk about building a strong church. But I want to ask you a question. I usually ask questions before I get started. The question I'll ask you this morning is, do you have a strong family? And if you do not have a strong family, why not? I hope you can say this morning, no, my, my family is very spiritually strong, Pastor. But if your family is not a spiritually strong family, then why isn't it? And so today we're going to look at the characteristics of a strong family. You have your Bibles turned to Deuteronomy chapter 6. I'll read verse 1 through verse 12. Now these are the commandments, the statutes, and the judgments which the Lord your God commanded to teach you that ye might do them in the land where ye go to possess it. That thou mightest fear the Lord thy God to keep his statutes and his commandments which I command thee, thou and thy son and thy son's son all the days of thy life, and that thy days may be prolonged. Hear, therefore, O Israel, hear, O therefore, Christ's church, and observe to do it, that it may be well with thee, and that ye may increase mightily, as the Lord God of your fathers hath promised thee in the land that floweth with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy might. And these words which I command thee this day shall be in thine heart. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thine children. And thou shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house and when thou walkest by the way and when thou liest down and when thou risest up. And thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes. And thou shalt write them upon the post of thy house and on thy gates, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee 
into the land which he sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob, to give thee great and goodly cities which thou buildest not, and houses full of all good things which thou fillest not, and wells dug which thou diggest not, vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not, when thou shalt have eaten and are full. Therefore beware, lest thou forget the Lord thy God, which brought thee forth out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. Heavenly Father, I pray you bless the preaching and the teaching of your word this morning. Help us. Our families are a mess today. Help us to understand why and correct it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Since our Almighty God was the creator and designer of the family, He desires that every family unit be strong and be healthy spiritually. Do you believe that? Say amen. Everyone. In the book of the beginning, the book of Genesis, we find the scriptural basis for the family. Isn't it amazing that we now live in a culture that has no understanding of a biblical concept of the family? Take your Bible and go back to God's design for the family, Genesis chapter 2. And I'll begin reading in verse 18 and I'll read through verse 24. And the Lord God said, it is not good that man should be alone. I will make and help meet for him. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and the fowl of the air and every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found a helpmeet for him. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept. Boys, go to sleep. Just go to sleep. And when God's ready, he'll bring an Eve into your life and say, wake up, boys. And he took one of the ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from the man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. And God said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of the man. Therefore shall the man leave his father and mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. God's design for the family, God's design for marriage, for children has not changed. God is the same yesterday and today and forever, and forever thy word is settled in heaven. We may debate it here on earth, but God's word is settled. God doesn't change. His word doesn't change. We go on into the New Testament. It tells us that husbands, masculine, are to love their wives, feminine. They are to cherish them. 
Wives are to love their husbands and submit to their husbands' authority and they are to reverence their husbands in a lifelong relationship until death do us part. Children are to love their parents and they are to obey their parents and honor their parents that it might be well with them and they might live a long life on the earth. This is never going to change. Man may try to twist and pervert God's design for marriage, but it's never going to change. Satan's attack upon the family has been absolutely relentless ever since God designed it, created it, and brought it into existence. The first act that Satan did was to drive a wedge between Adam and Eve, bringing temptation. In the fall, Eve gives the fruit to her husband and he eats of it. And God says, what have you done? And Adam said, it's not my fault. It's, it's the woman that you gave to me. And immediately there was a wedge that was driven between Adam and Eve. And I could just imagine Eve looking at Adam like, you're blaming me? And immediately she turns and she blames God. And says the serpent did it. You allowed that serpent to come here in the garden? The first murder in the Bible was Adam and Eve's first son, Cain, slew his brother Abel out of bitterness and jealousy. Satan's attack has gone on against the family ever since the beginning. So you stop and ask yourself the question, why? Well, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. First of all, Satan hates God's design. He does everything that he can do to twist and pervert and corrupt and destroy God's design for marriage and the family. Another is because how important that the family is to an individual and to society in general. I'm here to tell you, as the family goes, so goes society. So the Bible says Satan has come to steal and to kill and to destroy. We now live in a world that is full of fear. Fears are on every side. We live in a world that now is in the state of absolute confusion. There is turmoil and there is immorality that we, we couldn't even imagine just a few years ago. There's rebellion and there's war and there's terrorism that now has even come to our shores. There's an uncertainty about the future. And I'm here to tell you it is more important than ever before that our families and our church become the center of our lives and become the top priority in our life. Families are at the center of our Heavenly Father's plan for mankind. So it's no surprise that Satan would do whatever he could do to destroy the family unit. Now the Word of God puts tremendous responsibility upon parents to lead and guide their families, to love each other, to care for one another is a solemn responsibility that God has put squarely upon the shoulders of 
the father and then supported by the mother. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Nurture and cherish her. Wives, love your husbands. Love your children. Be in subjection to your own husbands and everything. Children are a heritage of the Lord. Listen to me. Girls, you don't need to be talking to each other. You need to be listening to pastor. Parents have a duty. They have a responsibility to rear their children not only in love, but in righteousness. In righteousness. The Bible says, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. Fathers are to provide for the physical needs of their family. That's very clear. If a man provide not for his own household, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. But we have men that are, that are great providers as it comes to providing for the physical needs of their family. But I'm here to tell you it's more important that you provide for the spiritual needs of your family. Both mom and dad working together to train up our children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, that the wives may teach the younger women to be sober, to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet. I want to say something just here in past. I'm going to talk about it tonight. When it comes to our teachers, I expect our women of our church to dress discreetly. And I'm going to talk about some of the standards that God has for discreet dress tonight. Listen, if, if you're wearing a dress and you're down on your knees and that dress is above your knees, you need to lower your skirt. You need to dress discreetly. We now have these young ladies in our church that are, are wearing these tight, tight, tight. I don't even know how you get them on. How do you get those things on? But these tight, tight, what do they call them, leggings? And they put these tight, form-fitting leggings on, and then they wear a really short skirt. I want you to understand something that is indiscreet dress. has no place in your life. It has no place in this church. I should be hearing some good amens there. Fathers, it's about time. And mothers, it's about time that you start teaching your daughters how to dress discreetly. To be discreet. To be chaste, pure, morally pure, sexually pure. To be keepers at home. To be good. To be obedient to their own husbands. That, that the word of God be not blasphemed. Not only are we blaspheming the word of God as a nation, we as Christians are now blaspheming the word of God. We're going to teach our children to love one another and to serve one another and to observe the commandments of God and be good citizens 
Amen? It's our responsibility. It's our duty. Behold, children are a heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward, as arrows are in the hand of a warrior. A mighty man, so are children of thy youth. Blessed is the man that hath his quiver full of them. I'm here to tell you, for the most part, strong parents produce strong children. Strong, spiritually minded, God-loving, commandment-obeying parents produce strong children. Husbands, wives, mothers, fathers. We are going to be held accountable to God for how we discharge our responsibilities to raise our children up in the nurtured admonition of the Lord. And he called him and said unto him, How is it that I hear this of thee? Give an account of thy stewardship. Our children have been entrusted to us by God. And we're responsible before God to steward them. As I mentioned earlier, the condition of the family unit today is an absolute mess. Yes or no? Let's call it like it is. Let's tell the truth. Throughout history, families have always experienced conflict and brokenness. From the beginning, right through the Old and New Testament and through history itself. There's, there's nothing new about that. But I believe with all my heart that we have never seen the attack of Satan so aggressively and so successfully as we see it today. He has used humanistic, secular education to promote and propagate his destruction of the family. Unrighteous judges, a perverted court system, now rules in our land. Courts undermining the will of the people and destroying the family unit. These unrighteous judges one day are going to stand before the righteous judge. We have a perverted, immoral, wicked administration now in power in America. Society has lost its moral compass because we've said we don't need this anymore in our land. Hollywood. entertains our children. The church and the Joel Olsteins of our day have plunged the church into the depths of carnality. Divorce is rampant. 
Single-parent homes are now the norm, and homosexual sexual marriage has been accepted and adopted by now 20 states. Many within the religious community now support same-sex marriage. God help us. The last decades have not been favorable to the American family. Since 1970s, we have been on a downward spiral. And we seem to be trapped in it. The family is the principal social unit of society. If we lose the family, we've lost it all. Less than half of American households are now considered traditional biblical families where you have a father and a mother and children. More than 40% of children are now born into households in which there is no father present at all. The rate of non-married cohabitation is up seven times since the 1970s. Half of all marriages now end in divorce. And as I've said before, the divorce rate is going down, but the only reason for that is that people are choosing not to marry. The divorce rate in the United States is the highest divorce rate in the world. Women under the age of 30 in the United States, more then half of all babies are born out of wedlock to these, to these women. Today, more than half of the couples in America live together before they are married. Approximately 50% of all U.S. children will be on food stamps at some point before they reach the age 18. Approximately 47% of all high school students are sexually active. You don't think there's a good reason to get your kids out of public school? There's, there's one for you. This is a staggering statistic. One out of every four teen girls in America now have a sexually transmitted disease. And there's now 20 sexually transmitted diseases in America. Black women are five times more likely than white women to have an abortion. There is a genocide against the black community today. Supported by the Democratic Party, who supposedly cares for the black community. On the average, there are 1,876 black babies aborted every day in America. Just a few years ago, in a dumpster outside of a pathology laboratory in Los Angeles, California, there was found 17,000 aborted babies. required by the authorities to go through these, this dumpster. And of those 17,000 aborted babies, over 15,000 were black babies. 
56 million abortions since Roe versus Wade. There are more than 3 million reports of child abuse in the United States every year. Maybe some of you just heard just this week, this was a horrific situation. This was a little boy who was tortured to death in Pennsylvania. Tortured to death over a three-day period of time. He was systematic. This is the police report. He was systematically tortured and beaten to death. He was punched in the face and in the stomach. He was scourged with a homemade whip. He was lashed with a metal rod. He was tied to a chair and beaten. He was tied upside down by his feet and beaten. His head was smashed through a wall. And at the end of it, he had bruises on top of bruises all over his body. When this little three-year-old boy was finally taken to the emergency where he was pronounced dead, it said the nurses had never seen anything like this, and they broke down and wept. Beaten to death by his mother and her live-in boyfriend whose ex-wife was also living with them. This is sick. Twenty states have now legalized same-sex marriage. Instead of being raised by parents, children are now being raised by the movie industry, the television industry, and the video game industry. I was sent an email from one of the young men in the church asking if some of the young men this afternoon could stay here at the church and play Xbox, to which I responded, no. The average... American young person will spend over a hundred, excuse me, over 10,000 hours playing video games before they reach the age 21. I could go on and on. This is not a pretty picture. Unfortunately, the problem is getting worse and it's getting worse and it's getting worse and there seems to be no end. Getting the right politicians into office is not going to solve this problem. I thank God for the past election. I think there was a strong, strong signal sent to this administration said, enough's enough. We need to pray for our new Congress and Senate. But getting the right politicians is not going to help. It's not going to solve our problems by pouring billions of dollars into our educational system. That is one of our biggest problems. You know where this change is going to take place? Right here in the heart. 
right here in the heart. Let me tell you something. We need to return to God. And we need to return to His Word. Word. And it's the only way we're going to get out of this mess that we're in. It is. Bottom line. It's it. Our country has no hope of a bright future unless we return back to the Lord. God's prescription for a strong family, we read it as we started. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God, parents, with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy might. These words which I command thee, parents, shall be in thine heart, and then thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children. First of all, we have to get back to loving God with all our heart, soul, and mind. Amen, parents? We've got to stop loving this present world that passeth away. Got to get back to loving God. And then we got to get back to teaching our children the Word of God. Sounds pretty simple, doesn't it? I'll tell you, it's a tough job. These requirements are absolutely foundational to a strong family. Parents loving God, committed to God, serving God, and then teaching the Word of God to their children as they grow and mature within the family. I want to say something here today. Even if your children are grown, even if they are grown, and your family is broken, it's never too late to start. <laughs> Thank God for His grace. It's never too late to start and start building a strong influence for good in the lives of your family. When your relationship with the Lord is your top priority, and let's be honest, some of us, it's not top priority. It's not. But when your relationship with, with the Lord is your top priority, then you will be able not only to affect your children, but your children's children. The Bible says, children's children are the crown of an old man, and the glory of children are their fathers. A good man leaveth an inheritance to his children's children. Was he talking about money? No, he's talking about a godly heritage. Not only to his children, but to his children's children. God wants us to have strong families. He wants us to have loving families. He wants us to have godly families. So I ask you a question, how can you improve on your family? I'm going to do something right now. Because of our time, it's already about 5 after 12. For those of you who come back tonight, I'm going to provide a full set of notes. I want to talk about for probably just the next few moments how to have a strong family. Every one of these principles that you will see up here has an undergirded girt. Where's my word? 
underlying, undergirding scriptural principle. And when I realized this morning that there was no way I was going to get through this in the amount of time that I have, I decided we'd provide a full set of notes to those who come tonight. And I would just hit the highlights this morning. I want to say something before we go any further. I thank God for what he's taught me over the years. Many of you here in the church, we've grown up together. We've raised our children together. Hasn't always been easy. And I thank God for his mercy and for his grace. And there are some of you here today, you don't know me and you don't know my family, but I have 10 children. I have seven boys and three daughters, nine grandchildren and some more on the way. Our family picture is constantly outdated as the grandchildren keep coming. God has been good to my family. My oldest son stands in the pulpit today in Jackson, preaching the word of God to an all-black church. My second-born son is one of our deacons, a great leader in our church. My third-born son is our youth pastor. Where's Daniel? This young man right here is growing up as a fine young man, serves God, teaches in our church, along with his precious wife. My daughter Bethany is a missionary. All of my children are around us right now. Serving the Lord, Joel drives the bus. Matthew serves in the church. Christina and Alyssa are amazing. Levi's coming along. <laughs> Listen to me. I've learned some things about raising kids. Most of them through personal mistakes. And I want you young people who are at that age of now raising your children to learn from your preacher. I didn't get all these gray hairs for nothing. The most powerful influence on our children are godly parents. These words shall be in thine heart and then communicate them to your children. Can I wish I had, to, I could preach a message on every one of these. You know me. You know I could. Number two is just being a good example. Children learn more from what they see than ever from what they're taught. You can't say to your children, you ought not to go there, you ought not to watch that, you ought not to participate in that, but you do it. You need to be a good listener. You can't be too busy. Actually, on the sign of my office says, um, says dads, what does it say? Um, what does it say? Who? Yeah, it says open 24-7. Dad's office open 24-7 for being a good listener. 
Listen to your kids. Right? Keep your heart. Turn towards your children. Next is discipline without anger and rejection. I tell you, I failed on this one. We tried to learn this. Explain to your children what they did. You know, you usually when you discipline, you're upset, right? Yes or no, parents? You're upset. You got to calm down. Got to calm down. You need to explain to your child what they did wrong. You need to ask them to confess that as sin and ask God's forgiveness. Then you need to discipline them appropriately. Okay? Then you need to take them up in your arms and love them and pray with them. And then it's done. It's over with. Here's the thing. That takes time and energy to do that. But young couples, you listen to preacher. You want to keep the hearts of your children, you better do it that way. Never discipline in anger and rejection. Next is that the, that the children see parents who are in love with each other. That gives, that gives these children such security. And you need to foster that. And That's the husband and wife relationship there. Next is refuse to play favorites. Just a couple of weeks ago we talked of Jacob, and who was his favorite son? Joseph, and you know the mess that was there in that family, right? Don't ever, ever play favorites. I don't, I believe that this is true. I believe I'd take all 10 of my children and have them stand up here and say, have, has dad ever played favorites with any of you? I haven't. I've loved all my kids equally. I've treated them all equally. I never played favorites any of my children. Next is admit your failures. Admit your failures. Listen, there's no perfect parents, right? If you admit your failures, your children will have a tendency to want to share with you their failures. Pray with your children. Pray for them. Pray with them. You know, it's an awesome thing when one of your children will come up to you and say, Dad, would you pray with me about this? And it's really awesome when you're adult children. Hello. Come and say, Dad, would you pray with me about this? Ground your children in the teachings of Scripture. In a couple weeks, I'm going to bring in a message on having a, a Christian worldview. And the reason we don't have a Christian worldview today is because we have not grounded our young people in the Word of God. But ground them in the teachings of Scripture. Attend church faithfully with your children. Start at a very young age. Carry that right on through. Don't let... Well, Pastor, you know I, I have social things that I need to do and I have work that I need to do and I have things around the home that I need to do and there's family activities that I need to do and, well, there's sports and hobbies and personal interests and boom, 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 And I'm here to tell you, you look up here with me. If you have all these reasons for not being faithful to church, you know what you're saying? Church isn't important to me and if church is not important to the parents, it is not going to be important to the children. Encourage your children to have their private 
devotional time. Get them up a little bit earlier. Give them time to read their Bible every day and to pray. And if they have questions, that they can come and ask you. Next is teach your children how to handle money. Teach them how to give. Tithing is a good place to start. If you make a dollar, how much does God get out of that dollar? Do you know? It's 10 cents. Roy, you make $2, how much does God get? $20? That's good. <laughs> this man has trained his son well. <laughs> Discourage argument and criticism in the family. Now, there's going to be those spit spats back and forth, you know, kids are kids. But listen, don't allow, don't allow your kids, especially to criticize one another. Next, share your heartaches and your disappointments, your trials and your tough times with your kids. Kids, look what God has brought mom and dad through. Look what God has been so faithful to mom and dad. Now I'll tell you something, when your kids get old enough to realize, guess what, trials and disappointments in life are real. They'll have that to go back on. Counsel your children. Again, this, this requires spending time with them. Counsel them. Build biblical convictions into your children's lives. Spend time with your children. Be honest with your children. Don't ever lie to your kids. Don't lie and deceive your children because you're, you're teaching them to be liars and deceitful. Next, hold children accountable for their actions. Hold them accountable. If they mistreat their brothers and sisters, there's got to be a punishment there. Hold them accountable. And number 20, realize how important grandparents are to the influence of your children. Young couples, don't keep your kids away from grandma and grandpa. Especially if they're godly grandmas and grandpas. There's a powerful, powerful influence and impact that they can have on your sons and of your daughters. Again, for each one of these, we'll give an outline tonight that'll give you all the scriptures and give you a whole lot more than what I've just said this morning. But God wants a strong family. Strong families will only come from strong parents. Thank you for listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. If you've missed any messages or would like to hear this one again, just visit our website at www.fbcclarklake.org or visit us on iTunes where you can subscribe for free to our weekly podcast. If this or any other message has been an encouragement to you, we would love to hear about it. Just send us a note on our website. If you do not currently have a church you are attending, we would love to have you come visit us here at Fellowship Baptist. We are located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan, 49234. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast, and we look forward to seeing you here again next time. Have a great day, and God bless.